Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 30th, 2018 edition of Season 5 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Sunday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know about it. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. You can also friend me, uh, connect with me on Instagram. My handle is NSN Court Report. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Uh, that time of the year is approaching rapidly, and you got to get to them now, or else they're going to be so backed up with preparing for the championship games that they do such amazing work for. Give them a call today, 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I'm a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes going all the way back to the very first one. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of The Court Report. Uh, Welcome back to those who were on vacation for the last two weeks. I hope you had an amazing, restful, stress-free time because the next two weeks and the four weeks after that, anything but. They are going to be the most action-packed, most intense, most exciting, most amazing, most electrifying weeks of the Yeshiva League season. That's right, folks. In just a little over a week and a half, we are going to hit the 2017-2018 postseason. That's right, folks. We are almost there, and the next 10 days are going to be so intense, so insane. Last week, we uh, previewed what was what it's going to be like in the basketball leagues uh, with our interview with John Bandler from Jewish Hoops America, JHA Hoops, Jewish Hoops on Instagram, uh, sorry, on Twitter. Um, for those of you that did not get a chance to hear it, go back in our archives, listen to it. It's amazing. You will completely enjoy uh, everything that there is to look forward to for the Yeshiva Basketball League. Today on the show, uh, we are going to have an interview with TABC uh, varsity head coach Mo Fuchs. I was able to speak with him over the phone just a few hours ago, detailing what is going to happen over the next few weeks. Also, taking into account last night's first game back from vacation between MTA and SAR in varsity hockey, one that will certainly shape the top of the West uh, going forward. Um, so you do not want to miss that. We'll cover JV hockey. We'll cover varsity hockey. We'll cover the East. We'll cover the West. We'll give you the full 360 for hockey. I will then go through basketball as best as I can because it's going to be 
so much time, uh, well, so little time to really take care of everything, but we're going to do it. We're going to try to get through everything. We have, a, we have a lot of stuff going on in JV basketball, a lot of stuff going on in varsity basketball, including some amazing matchups over the week ahead and an action-packed, jam-packed West and East. We're going to do our best to get into girls' sports today, and... Uh, there's just so much to cover. It's just so daunting. But uh, we're going to start off our show in just a minute with uh, the interview with head coach Mo Fuchs. Uh, as you know, Mo is one of our regular uh, contributors on the hockey and somebody who generally does the preview with us. He did a uh, mid-season report with us a few weeks ago around Thanksgiving time. And uh, he was gracious enough to take some time now, especially with his team in the midst of a of a very intense race in the West. And uh, um, so I got to give him a, a lot of thanks and a lot of uh, a lot of props for sitting down with me. Uh, let's get right into it now. Here is what we discussed this evening. With winter break coming to a close, it means that. Over the next couple of days, we're going to hit the Yeshiva League playoffs. And with me today to break down what's going to happen uh, in the hockey leagues is our resident hockey interview, TABC Varsity Head Coach and Director of Hockey Operations at TABC, Coach Mo Fuchs. Thanks for joining us again, Coach. My pleasure. How are you tonight, Elliot? Obviously, it's a getting to a crowded time of the year, so thank you for taking time out of an obviously busy schedule as your team heads down the backstretch of the season. My pleasure. So, it's been a couple of weeks since you and I have last spoke. In that time period, a lot has happened. What's been the biggest story in your mind down the second half of the varsity hockey season? Well, it's been so many storylines this year and so many interesting ones. I mean, again, if you go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the year, just like for my team personally, trying to get us into a position to get a bye and a top two seed, which, you know, we came in, I think you had us ranked third in the division. And here we are. I have two games left in the season and and we have that clinched and, and I can't. I don't think I ever remember being in a position where my final two games are theoretically meaningless to my team. A lot of meaning to the other teams that we're playing, but like to my team. And then you have a situation where Frisch, you know, came out of the gate so poorly and now they seem to be getting hot at the right time and, and they can end up four or three, which dramatically changes what the pairings will be. And they will be a very difficult opponent for a team on the other side so you know uh and 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 you still have a big fight between rambam and half there for three and two and might hank even catch those teams is that possible elliot uh, yeah, absolutely is, and we'll get to that when we get over to the East. Just want to touch on a couple of points that you made for the West because they are critically important. As you said, at the top of the West, you know your team, TABC, and barring some miracle, SAR will be the two teams in the first round by slots in the West. Unless I believe, as a result of last night's game uh, between MTA and SAR, uh, that wraps up the top two spots. Am I wrong about that? No, that's correct. I mean, SAR has pretty much clinched the one. They would have to fall to Ramaz tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and you know, and and TABC would have to win their final two. But otherwise, 
Uh, it looks like SAR is going to pretty much clinch the one, and TAVC has clinched no worse than two at this point. Is there a sense that that's an inevitability, or it, it, do you used to believe like a team like Ramaz uh, can get the job done, especially with what they're fighting for as well? Well, anything's possible, but it's Ramaz's only chance to make the playoffs, so they're certainly going to be desperate. I do believe the game is in Ramaz. So that makes it more difficult. They have played a little better of late, but it certainly would be, uh, you know, a, a very big upset. I guess we have to ask: even if you know a team like Ramaz pulls off an upset, you still have two games remaining. Your TABC team against Kushner Saturday night. Now, as you mentioned, Frisch a week from Wednesday night, tomorrow night. Uh, by the time the Frisch game rolls around, you'll already know whether there is still something left to fight for as it relates to the top spot. And when we talked last, you and I discussed MTA and what seemed like to be like a likely waltz into the three-seed given their schedule. Since that point, though, including last night, MTA's lost four games, and now Frisch has sort of hung around. With an MTA loss to SAR last night and a probable Frisch win over Hillel, your game against Frisch, as you said, becomes sort of meaningless to you, but I, I, I don't want to say meaningless, uh, because a game against Frisch is never really meaningless for you, but Frisch also now has a chance to clinch the third seed. Uh, I I guess I sort of answered my own question, but I want to get it from your perspective. For whom would that game hold more importance? Well, of course, it holds more importance to Frisch in that they're playing for seeding, we're playing for pride. At some point, so, though, at some point, though, wouldn't those? I, I guess because it is such a big rivalry, wouldn't those? Is there a point where those two sort of intersect? No, but both teams play for pride, but they also are playing for seeding. So it's more important to Frisch, anyway you slice it. But make no mistake about it, we're not going to show up and roll over. We're going to go to play to win. Where do you sort of put MTA at this point? Uh, again, as we discussed earlier in the year, MTA had the schedule that really did favor them to start out the year, and they've they've sort of tapered off a bit. What do you what prospects do you see for MTA as we head towards the postseason? Well, again, they're going to finish three or four. I, I would expect them to win the first round playoff game, but I think they'll be in a tough spot in the crossover. Whether they have to go to either DRS or after or Rambam, I think that's going to be a very uh, tough, tough task for them. But listen, they're going to finish with 10 regular season wins. And even with the easier schedule, it's a, it's a nice accomplishment for Yoni Stone and his guys. Well, there's still a lot of game. There's still a couple of games left to play. And at the bottom of the division, there are four teams fighting for two spots, several of whom they're going to still be playing. Kushner, barring a seemingly unlikely set of events, is going to earn the five seed. And it leaves JEC, Ramaz, and Hillel all within two points of each other fighting for that last spot. Right now, JEC seemingly has that edge. Is there anything that you could see occurring that might upset that? No, again, outside of a Ramaz major upset against SAR uh, on Wednesday night, uh, JEC is going to have that spot locked up because at worst they'll end up in a tie, tie record with Ramaz, but they'll hold the tiebreaker in head-to-head. Uh, again, Ramaz is going to have to pull off a big upset in order to get the playoff spot, and boy, will they have earned it if they do. Well, I think that gives us a, a pretty good view at what's going on in the West. Just as important and just as interesting as what's going on out in the East now, where a lot of movements still have to be determined, as you said, outside of the outside of the number one spot. 
Yeah, I mean, no question. Elliot, it's, it's, we're down in crunch time here, you know? So we have DRS who has already clinched, they've already clinched the, the two spot with a hefter loss or a DRS win. They pretty much, they, they wrap up the one spot. Those two teams will play this coming Sunday. Obviously, for Hafter, it's extremely important to win that game to keep themselves uh, on pace with DRS. But I I would think it's even more so important for them just to at least gain a point to sort of try to wrap up, uh, or you know, or two points really to wrap up a a first round bye. Because if not, as you said before, there's a potential that they find themselves in trouble with Rambam and Hank or. Rambam and Hank still hanging around. Hafter loses to DRS. They got to face Rambam the week after. Rambam beats them. You're looking at a stalemate, and depending on what Rambam does with Hank tomorrow night, Rambam can find themselves jumping into the two. Where do you see that falling out? Right, so again, very interesting because, well, I guess Hafter can't really fall down to the four spot because Hank and Rambam uh, play each other again, but... Hafter can finish anywhere from one to three. Of course, we do believe they really should finish as the two. We expect or, you know, if you, I guess if it went to Las Vegas and we were putting odds on it, we'd say DRS will beat Hafter and then Hafter will beat Rambam. DRS and Hafter played a one nothing game where the winning goal was scored with three seconds left and Hafter beat Rambam by a goal. So these games are incredibly tight. And anything can happen. It's really almost bizarre. And then, then they have Rambam, who could still finish two. They could also finish four. I, I think it's even possible they can finish five, because you still have North Shore and you still have North Shore and Solomon Schechter, both of whom can hit the eighteen point mark. Rambam loses to Hank. Also, they finish with sixteen. One of those two teams will probably not finish at 18, but one of them will finish ahead of them then. They could finish as low as five. There's so much left to be determined based on the last couple of games between, you know, involving Rambam, Hank, and North Shore and Solomon Schechter. Uh, the only team that you can really figure out a, a, a playoff scenario for now in this, in this case is Flatbush, who with one loss is gone. Everybody else is still fighting for a spot. Right, it's rather amazing. Like I said, here, like my team has two games left with no meaning on the line to our team, and here you have the East where every single game going down the stretch is huge. Now here's here's a funny thing. Solomon Schechter right now is 6-4-0-2. They have 14 points. They face Westchester, they face Westchester tonight. Um they, let's say they win that, so they have 16 points. They have YDE next week. They beat YDE. Solomon Schechter could wind up with 18 points, which in the East, probably a good bet that that's a home game. You know, that's a, that's a three or four spot, right? Right. Now, here's the situation. Solomon Schechter doesn't have a home court. So they play all their games on the road. How funny would it? How funny is it that a team can theoretically finish in the five spot and host a first round game? You mean in the in the four spot? In five, they would not host. Well, if Solomon Schechter is the four, the five would oh, be hosting. Oh, you meant right? Okay, so the team that's five would actually play at home. But would they have to go use the visiting bench and visiting locker room? Like, how does that work? Well, Solomon Schechter's been using the visiting everything all year, so it'd probably be, it, it's just, it's, I think this is the first time it's happened. I, I don't, 
I don't remember all the way back, obviously, as far as you probably do to, into the the depths of the of the history of the league. Has it ever happened before that a team has not played uh, a single home game all year and then theoretically hosts, but but is on the road for a playoff game? No, this is the first that I could ever remember as a possibility. Well, all they need right now is a is a win against Westchester tomorrow night to make it all the more probable, and a win over YDE next week. And then, uh, obviously, with a lot of games still to fall out, there's quite a bit that can happen. But it's still very interesting to think about, isn't it? It certainly brings up an interesting point, and it, it's really going to shape that whole East is so wide open it's amazing that you really just don't have anybody locked down at this point yeah definitely not as airtight as the west but a week in a week from tonight on the next episode of the core report we probably will have a decent idea about who is going to go where after because at that point there will only be let's see well uh, you have you have a couple of huge games on wednesday february 7th right so it's going to be it'll be uh, you guys facing Frisch, Hafter, and Rombaum, and Hank Norshore. But at least we'll have situations to figure out for all three of those games, plus the potential of figuring out what about the four games that are not scheduled of yet. So by by this time next Tuesday, we probably will have some idea of where everybody's going, and if not, we'll at least be able to inform all the masses uh, what the possibilities are for varsity hockey. Taking a look over at JV, though, JV's gotten itself really interesting over the past couple of weeks, especially out west, where pretty interesting story a couple of weeks ago. As we said, Frisch, TABC, and Kushner have all clinched playoff berths. Help me make sense of the jumbled mess that has become the top of the west, where TABC defeats DRS, loses to Frisch, who then loses to Kushner right after Kushner ties with JEC. What gives? Well, I could be mistaken here. I do believe when Frisch went to Kushner, they went without one of their best players uh, in in Alter. Is that correct? And they lost that game in overtime. It's You know, Elliot, it's just that on any given night, especially in JV. But I think both Frisch and TABC control their own destiny in that if they win out, either team wins out, they win the division. And they will square off in the last game of the year on February 7th in Frisch. So... I don't think Kushner can catch either one. I think they've they've pretty much probably locked up the one and two. Is that correct? Nope. There is actually there are a couple of scenarios where Kushner can get the two. There is only one scenario where Kushner can get the one. What Kushner would need to do, Kushner would need to defeat TABC in their last game, and then have TABC and Frisch tie, because that would put Kushner at sixteen points and Frisch at sixteen points. Frisch would have a tie and an overtime loss, so they'd have the same number of wins. Uh, TABC would be at 15 points, so it would come down to Frisch and Kushner on tiebreak, and because of the head-to-head, Kushner would take the one over Frisch. Wow, wouldn't that change things up? So I guess Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, the Kushner at TABC game will help, you know, clarify some, and then uh, TABC against Frisch on the 7th will clarify the rest. So I guess two huge games left for TABC JV. Well, ironically, Kushner can also still end up in the fourth spot, you know, with a loss to TABC and an SAR win over Ramaz. So there's a lot to still be determined, even amongst teams that have already clinched a playoff spot, given how tight the, the, the race is in the West. 
Right, it's so interesting because Kushner is a very dangerous team, and even as the four, could go out to the one and win. Now, as you were talking about uh, at the top of the division, Frisch TABC, earlier on in the season, Frisch taking a, a very, very, very close victory over TABC. What do, you think be, what do you think the difference is going to need to be this time for TABC to sort of avenge that loss? Put the puck in the net. Oh, it was a one nothing game earlier on, so I, you know what? That, I, I would think that that's all you can really I, I ask I know me. that's stating the obvious, but uh, you can't win if you don't score, Elliot. Speaking of the last playoff spot, which we just discussed about with Kushner, SAR and JEC are battling for the last playoff spot. JEC battles Frisch on Saturday night. Ramaz and SAR battle tomorrow night. An SAR win will seal it. Otherwise, JEC must win in order to jump then. Do you give any decent odds of any part of that scenario happening? No. I I would say very little chance Ramaz beats SAR and JEC. Well, Ramaz winless on the year, Frisch at the top of the division. So, uh, yeah, I think we're gonna. I think you and I are in agreement of pretty much locking up SAR as the as the last playoff clincher. Now, the only question is, and that's still left to be determined over the next week, where each team will fare. SAR can only go as high as three. Kushner can go from anywhere from one through four. Frisch and TABC can finish anywhere in the one, two, and three uh, slots, depending on what happens. Over in the East, things are a little more concrete at this point. Uh, We do know that Rambam uh, has locked up the, uh, well, not, I shouldn't, they haven't locked up yet, but tomorrow night they face Hank, who has one win on the year. So between you and me, a a Rambam clinching uh, coronation, is going to occur tomorrow night. Uh, the real question is going to be what's going on with the more likely the last playoffs, the last two playoff spots, because Hafter is uh, at this point already clinched up. Is there any sense that that DRS can beat Hafter after what happened the last time these two played? Well, yeah, and these two are are incredibly difficult rivals with each other, so you can never discount. You know, either one in the game against the other, but Hafter's the better. I've seen both teams play, and Hafter's a very dangerous team. I I watched them play TABC. It was 0-0 in the third period. I mean, uh, Billy Glickman is excellent in goal. They have a lot of really good players, and uh, I I really think this is uh, Hafter's time to shine. And they're really, I believe, the best team in that division, but they're going to finish as the two. Which, again, is going to, I'm telling you, paint an interesting scenario, Elliot. You know, when you get to the playoffs and Rambam's the one, and if Kushner is the four, that's a dangerous spot for Rambam. Uh, two teams faced several years back. Rambam getting the better of that one. But this much different time and two much different teams. Uh, Rambam, as I said, facing Hank tomorrow night. After their next game will be DRS on Sunday. And then next Wednesday night... Two teams meet up in if Rambam gets the win tomorrow night and Hafter gets the win on Sunday night, that game next Wednesday night is somewhat meaningless, isn't it? Yeah, but again, they'll be playing for pride, and I'm sure uh, Hafter would want to try and impose their will and show they're the better team in the division and vice versa. 
Rambam. Now down at the bottom of the division, we already know that Megan David is going to, uh, is going to get in uh, at five and five. The question is where they're going to finish. There are only two other possible teams that can make it. That's DRS at right now at four three and one, and North Shore at four and five. North Shore still has to play Flatbush, uh, but without the services of Charles Gressis, who's moving up to varsity, uh, is it really any sense that North Shore is going to make a push for a spot? No, I just, I thought North Shore wasn't making the playoffs, so, in JV. So, we're pretty much set on Rombaum, Hafter, Mag and David, and DRS. DRS, again, facing Hafter and Flatbush. I would say DRS is more than likely to get the the two, point, the two points they need to hit the three spot. So, it's Rombaum, Hafter, DRS, Mag and David, setting up some, as you said before, some very interesting first-round games. Um... Do you give Mag and David any hope against the West Division champion, no matter who it is? Any chance for an upset? Any? I don't know enough about them, but the odds are stacked against them. Very rare the four beats the one, but again, this is the one year you could see it happen because Rambam is, to me, not the strongest team, and Kushner is coming along as a as a 90% freshman-oriented team. That's why if I'm Rambam, I'd rather see SAR than, than Kushner in that game. Well, thank you so much, Mo. Very enlightening. Thank you for giving us some of your time. Thanks for taking time out of a hectic schedule to help us clear up this picture. Uh, obviously, for your TABC team, your TABC varsity team, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Good luck to you and your boys as you uh, hit that road towards the postseason. Thank you, Ellie, and I appreciate it as always. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Thank you once again to uh, TABC head varsity head coach and director of hockey operations, Mo Fuchs. Coach Fuchs, uh, one of our regular uh, interviewees for the hockey segment of our show, giving us a little insight on the JV and varsity, East and West, and sort of wrapping up a two neat package. Now we have hockey and basketball. Just want to give you a rundown of the games on the week ahead for hockey, uh, for varsity and JV hockey, starting with varsity hockey. Uh, tonight, Westchester and Solomon Schechter faced off. Tomorrow night, Ramaz and SAR will square off North Shore and Flatbush. Frisch and Hillel and Hank and Rambam. Saturday night, we'll see TABC battling Kushner. Westchester hosting JEC. Sunday, DRS and Hafter in their rivalry rematch. Next Monday night, will be Kushner and Hillel. DRS and Flatbush. SAR Ramaz. YDE Solomon Schechter. Next Tuesday night, JEC MTA. And then after that, seven games, only three of which are scheduled at this point to go to the end of the regular season. Moving over to JV, a few less games on the slate tomorrow night. Heschel, Ramaz will host SAR in their last game of the season. Hank will host Rambam in in their last game of the season for Hank. And North Shore will host Flatbush. On Saturday night, TABC will battle Kushner. Frisch will battle JEC. And on Sunday, DRS and after Monday night, we'll see DRS and Flatbush. And next Wednesday night, the two battles, supposedly at the top of the divisions, Hafter and Rambam and Frisch and TABC.
With the remaining time that we have for the show, we're going to move over to basketball, try to get as much basketball done uh, just to catch you up on all the action that happened while most of you were away on winter break. We're going to start out in varsity basketball where there were several contests uh, starting from Sunday the 14th, uh, the last time we touched on uh, basketball all the way through to this past week. Uh, the uh, East only had one game as befitting the fact that most of the East was away on vacation. That was Mag and David taking a 62-53 win over Hafter. With the win, it clinches the top seed for the Warriors in the East. We'll get to what that means overall in just a few moments. Going to move over to the West, where there were four contests, and uh, three of them involving the SAR Sting, who went 3-0 and over the span. A 48-41 win over Hillel to start it out, and then a 52-47 win over Heschel in overtime. SAR up 41-39 with the clock winding down. Ilan Orgel for the Heat hits the baseline floater to send the game to overtime. But in the extra session, SAR outscoring Heschel 11-6, including a dagger three from Jack Schwalbe, who led the Sting with 16 points for the 52-47 win. Orgel would pace Heschel with a game-high 17 in the loss, which clinches a first-round bye for the Sting. The Heat, as Heschel, will now need to either defeat TABC on Sunday or get some help. Otherwise, they'll need to defeat Frisch in order to cap the three seed. We will get to that in just a moment. SAR also taking a 48-38 win over Waterbury, and that keeps them well in the race for the number one seed. It's actually going to be a very interesting race down to the very end between Frisch and SAR. Uh, taking a look at the uh, other game on the week, Frisch taking a 61-49 to win over Heschel. So, with that, the West sort of divides itself somewhat nicely between the top two and the rest of the division, which we'll get to when we do our uh, analysis in just a second. Taking a look at the uh, at the Eastern Conference, and then we'll go back to the West, Mag and David at the top with a 12-0 record, DRS at 10-2. and Mag and David has clinched the one spot, DRS has clinched the two spot. Rombaum next at 9-4, and four. Hank at 7-5. and five. Those two teams will meet up this week. I believe that they are actually going to meet up... Uh, looking at their schedule, they will meet next Tuesday. So they will me- they will meet up next week when we have our show. Now the thing is for Rambam, the game is meaningless. Um, Hank can still win two games in order to catch up to Rambam. However, over the break after doing some analysis, uh, Rambam, uh, even if they lose, so Hank and Rambam would be tied. At uh, you know, they'd be tied at nine wins. They would have one win apiece over each other. Hank would have avenged their loss to Rambam earlier in the year. Problem for Hank is Rambam has a much harder strength of schedule, and so Rambam is. Uh, with Tank being the only team that can uh, can reach them, Rambam clinches the three seed. So Rambam will host a first-round playoff game, and they will host whoever the sixth seed is. That's going to take a lot of time to determine because of what is going on around that uh, that end of the division. We said Hank is at seven and five, Hafters at six and seven, North Shore is six and seven, YDE is five and seven, as Flatbush is five and seven. There's a lot to digest there. There's a lot of games going on this week that will help shake that out. We'll have YDE and Flatbush. That game 
will be uh, Thursday night. So one of those two teams, it's likely, will drop out. Uh, North Shore will face uh, North Shore will face Mag and David Thursday night as well. If North Shore uh, falls in that one, it's going to be uh, somewhat tough for them, uh, especially if Flatbush beats YDE. If Flatbush beats YDE and North Shore loses, I believe North Shore is out. And uh, that will actually help sort of solidify the division. But there is a lot of movement that can be made within the East. Several games um, with the East this week that will help determine that. Taking a look at the rest of the division, uh, uh, as I said, uh, well, we already talked about those that are still in play of contention, those that are not, Shari Tora, 2-9, Solomon Schechter, 2-10, YDH, Ed O, and 14. Taking a look at the West, um, well, the, the top of the West has now pretty much shaken itself out, and we have two teams that are fighting for the top spot. It's 12-0 and Frisch and 11-1 and SAR. Those two teams have the two spots, one and two, locked up, first-round buys that go along with it. So now it's all about who gets the one seed. Now, just kudos to the two coaches of these two teams, thinking or knowing or at least having some sense to figure that towards the end of the year, these two teams would be locked in a very, very tight battle. Uh, These two teams are actually going to end up facing each other, and that game will happen on the 6th. That game is slated to happen next Tuesday night. Uh, Those are... That's going to be a pretty big game, uh, and that's that's underplaying it because of what it means. For Frisch, a win ends the division hunt because that would put Frisch at uh, 12-0. and 0. Uh, Best, sorry, I'll put Frisch at 13-0. and 0. Best SAR then can do is, uh, is 12 wins. Takes care of everything. But what happens if SAR wins? Let's say SAR defeats Frisch, and the two teams are now tied. It'll be Frisch at 12 and 1, and it wouldn't necessarily uh, be. Uh, give me a sec. Let me just see what the schedules are. It wouldn't be um, SAR. Uh, Having that win over Frisch would could be win number 12. But let's say SAR beats MTA. SAR and MTA are facing this coming Sunday. Then they go into Frisch, and they beat Frisch. So they finish up 13-1. and one. Frisch defeats SAR. So now Frisch... Sorry, SAR defeats Frisch. So now Frisch is 12-1. So what happens from here on out? How does it look? Well, SAR looks like they have the advantage because SAR is 13-1. Frisch has a very hard matchup against Heschel uh, to round out their season. It'll come down to what happens in that game because should Heschel win that game, it's obvious Frisch would be the two seed because SAR would be 13-1. and one. Frisch would be 12-2, and two, having lost the last two games of the year. But let's say Heschel loses that game, Frisch wins that game, and Frisch and SAR end up tied. What happens then? Well, then we go down to the tiebreaker. It's 1-1. The two of them be, uh, would have beaten each other once over the course of the year. So it would go to strength of schedule. And while it's not completely clear at this point... Um, we can get to, we can figure out at least what is more likely to occur. Um, at the strength of schedule level, uh, the way it works, strength of schedule, is where you add up all the opponents' uh, records and you uh, compile what their records are and you compare them, you get a percentage out of it. There's an easier way to do it. Uh, I wish I could show you it, just because it's so much easier to show where you take away all the teams in common that they've faced, or all the games in common, and you're pretty much left here with four games difference. In other words, there are four teams, or four 
four games that each team has played that the other has not. For instance, Frisch faced Heschel twice, or will have faced Heschel twice. SAR will have only faced Heschel once. So Frisch has one Heschel game difference. The same for TABC. SAR in conference, MTA and Waterbury are their different are their different games between Frisch and SAR. But what it really will come down to is the fact that Frisch, if you look at the two teams they played out of conference, YDE and DRS, different from Hafter and Flatbush, SAR played. So right now, Heschel, TABC, YDE, and DRS, their combined records are, are right now six wins ahead of where SAR's combined different teams of MTA, Waterbury, Hafter, and Flatbush are. And what that means is that um, essentially... Uh, SAR would need MTA, Waterbury, Hafter, and Flatbush to win every game that they play from here on out, other than the games that they played against um, uh, that they play against SAR, while Heschel, TABC, YDE, and DRS lose every game in order to have a continued tie and move on to the next tiebreak. Because in the end, there are only six more wins that those four teams that SAR plays can gain. So the teams that differentiate themselves in favor of Frisch would have to go 0-6, and the teams that differentiate themselves in favor of SAR would have to go 6-0. and And with DRS uh, on that slate facing uh, YDE or Flatbush, um, it, it just it doesn't look like that's going to be reality. So we're going to end it here. If we have to go deeper, we'll go deeper next week. But this looks like where the, uh, where the analysis for the one seed and the two seed probably will have to end uh, because the next is also record versus playoff teams. And at this point, because of the differences, because YDE, Flatbush, uh, Hefter, all these teams, Waterbury, MTA, TABC, all these teams are still up in the air. It's kind of hard to determine which teams need to go into an analysis for a playoff berth, uh, for te- sorry, for teams in the playoffs. So we're going to have to wait till next week, Tuesday, next Tuesday night at this time to figure out what is going on there. Moving down into the rest of the division, Heschel at 8-4 and four has clinched the playoff berth and will host a first-round game. The problem for the Heat is now they're going to be fending off a team like Ramaz down the backstretch for the third seed. Heschel needs only one win in their final two games. Heschel in their two games would be TABC and Frisch, and that is makes it not easy to come by. Playing both Route 4 teams, TABC in the thick of the hunt for a playoff spot, going to be very desperate for that. And Frisch, who, as I said before, needs the win to lock up the top spot. Two losses will open the door for Ramaz to sneak in with a decidedly easier schedule to grab the three spot. We'll get to Ramaz in a couple of minutes. Waterbury, right behind Heschel at 7-6. and six. Waterbury, in their first season, you know they've clinched a playoff berth, which is... I mean, it's not mathematically clinched, but the tiebreakers make it a near certainty that they will fight on into the postseason. Uh, With only one game to go, though, against Kushner, Waterbury is pushing for a first-round home game. Uh, A win will... not necessarily get there. Um, If they don't get there, what they're... it's gonna be... it's gonna come down to the fact that they could not complete the second half uh, against Ramaz. Um, Ramaz really is in control of what happens with the three, four, and five slots. I, I should say outside of Heschel, uh, because Heschel obviously with one win puts that to rest. 
but Heschel's schedule ahead makes it that much more likely that Ramaz will at least factor into it. But absolutely for the four spot, Ramaz has three games ahead of, uh, ahead of them. Uh, they play TABC, JEC, and Kushner. If they were to get two wins in that stretch, they would tie themselves with Waterbury. Waterbury, having blown a 13-point lead in the second half, loses the tiebreaker to Ramaz. Ramaz jumps over Waterbury. Waterbury finds themselves quickly down in a travel position for the um, for the first round. It'll also depend on what happens with Ramaz and TABC. Uh, Ramaz and TABC, actually another really well-timed game. That game is happening tonight. That game will actually start in about a half hour out in Ramaz. And this game really will help shake out the bottom of the division because of where it places teams. Uh, taking a look at the rest behind TABC right now, uh, we said uh, Ramaz is at 6-5, TABC 6-6, six six, MTA 5-7, Kushner 3-8, JEC at 4-7. So Ramaz and TABC, the winner of this game will get a playoff spot. That's, that's apparent. Um, if Ramaz wins, Ramaz clinches a berth. If TABC wins, TABC clinches a berth. Uh, Ramaz, like I said, still has an opportunity at the three. may not be as apparent, uh, but um, depending on what happens with Heschel, but they have to win. That's all they can really do. But a, a loss, even a loss for Ramaz, not fatal. Ramaz has both JEC and Kushner down the stretch, and with TABC still having to face Heschel, the Rams can sneak into the four spot with an eight and six, with an eight and six record. Should TABC finish at seven and seven for TABC, sitting in sixth place at six and six, the game against Ramaz is a near must win. A loss to the Rams would keep TABC open to two of those three teams behind them, and uh, with Heschel as their last game, a six and eight season would require other teams to finish the job for them. Uh, don't rule out, however, the possibility that uh, straight that certain events happen over the next couple of uh, days that put these two in for a third game between them uh, coming up uh, coming up over the playoffs. So uh, if you can get to the game tonight, get there, it's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot on the line for that. But just taking a look at the three teams behind them and what they can really do. Uh, these three teams, MTA, Kushner, and JEC, do not have the odds in their favor. One loss ends any and all hope of a postseason berth. Uh, MTA, the team in the best position of all three at five and seven, uh, they have the toughest road. Right now, uh, a tip-off should be just about now, they are going to play Mag and David. Undefeated Mag and David. And then even if they get past undefeated Mag and David, they got one loss SAR uh, in order to get into the postseason. And even then, they're going to need help. One loss puts an end to MTA's hopes. Uh, and even then, you know they don't hold tiebreakers over TABC or Ramaz. So they're going to need wins and they're going to need the loser of their mods to ABC game to pretty much lose out. That is the only way MTA can make it into the postseason. Kushner and JEC have a little more leeway. For, um, for JEC, uh, should JEC uh, uh, lose this game, the Thunder will be eliminated because they would be at best 6-8 and eight with no tiebreakers. Kushner would still be able to continue on because if Kushner were to get to uh, that point of a tie... Uh, I believe the I believe they would have to hope for a Ramaz loss 
to TABC. If T because if TABC loses, they don't have a tiebreaker over TABC. So even if Kushner gets to six wins, they lose out. But Ramaz. Yes, they lost to Ramaz earlier in the year, but in order for Kushner to tie them, they would have to beat Ramaz on the 7th, the last game of the year for Kushner. So that would put them in a 1-1 tie. Strength of schedule would go to the Cobras. So Kushner has that opportunity because of tiebreaker. JEC, though, even though they're 4-7, doesn't look like they're, you know, the season didn't start out great for them. Won four their last five, though. They probably have the easiest schedule from here on out. They have Kushner on the 3rd, they have Ramaz on the 5th, and Hillel on the 7th. Let's say, let's say, JEC manages to get through that. JEC goes goes to a 7-7 seven and seven mark. There is a possibility, depending on what happens with TABC Ramaz, the loser of TABC Ramaz would have to lose out. But that would open the door for JEC into the final spot in the playoffs. So all of this, there's a lot going on over the course of the week. Uh, Just stay tuned to all of the games and all the contests. There is a lot going on. And it's actually amazing just to, like I said, see exactly the foresight that some of these coaches had. Let's take a look at the games, all the games for the week. You have, as I said, Ramaz, TABC, Mag and David, MTA tonight. Ramaz and TABC uh, to tip off in a couple of minutes. Thursday night, North Shore and Mag and David will square off, uh, as well as YDE Flatbush in what seemingly is a loser-goes-home game. This coming Saturday night, Hafter and Hank will do battle. Hillel hosting Shari Torah. JEC hosting Kushner in that game, where, as I said, the loser of that game, pretty much done. Sunday night, we'll see MTA hosting SAR. NTABC hosting Heschel. Monday night, Kushner will host Waterbury. Shari Torah, Solomon Schechter. And JEC Ramaz. Just taking a look at next Tuesday nights, because we're not going to be on until that's already going on. DRSYDE. Uh, that game uh, in SAR against Frisch. Tuesday night, well, then Tuesday night, we'll also see Hank and Rombaum and JEC Hill. And after that, there will be only four games left in the varsity season. Moving over to JV basketball, only a handful of games uh, over the last few weeks. Frisch going 9 and 0 defeating Heschel 62 to 42 and SAR taking a 70 to 39 win over Hillel. So the win clinches the number 1 seed for the Frisch Cougars meaning we now know the number 1 seeds for both of our divisions. Hafter 9 and 1 in the East Frisch 9 and 0 in the West. Taking a look at the East standings we'll come back to the West. Hafter at 9 and 1, Shari Torres 7 and 2, North Shore 7 and 3, DRS 6 and 3, YDE 5 and Four, Mag and David four and four, Hank four and five. As we said, Hafter automatically the one. I'm going to go through the the possibilities of what can happen over this week in the East. There are four games, four games that uh, can help determine what goes on in the boys' JV basketball playoffs. Uh, over the week ahead, um, this coming Saturday night, uh, you'll have Hank and Mag and David, DRS YDE next Tuesday, Ezra Shari Torah next Tuesday, and if needed, Mag and David Ezra. But those three games first will determine whether we need the fourth 
and exactly what will happen. Starting out, uh, the the real the real point of analysis is Shari Torah Ezra. Uh, we have let's figure out what happens based on that. So let's figure out first Shari Torah defeating Ezra. If Shari Torah defeats Ezra, Shari will be the two. The three will depend on if DRS defeats YDE. If DRS loses, North Shore is the three. YDE will be the four. DRS will fall to fifth due to the tiebreak loss with YDE. Uh, and the winner of Mag and David Hank is six. If DRS wins, DRS is three due to tiebreak win over North Shore. North Shore is four, and five and six would depend. If Hank wins, Hank is five, YDE is six. If Mag and David wins, they can jump over YDE into the fifth with a win over Ezra. Otherwise, Mag and David will be the sixth. If Shari Torah loses to Ezra and DRS loses to YDE, North Shore is the two, Shari Torah is the three, YDE the four, and five and six would depend on the Mag and David Hank winner. If Hank wins, DRS is five. Hank is 6. If Mag and David wins, they can get the 5 by defeating Ezra and push DRS to 6th. Otherwise, DRS will be the 5, and Mag and David will be the 6th. Finally, and the most intriguing, although I, I can't say it's the most unlikely. I think the scenario before was the most unlikely, but the most intriguing one is if Shari Torah loses to Ezra and DRS wins, it would come down to a three-way tiebreak of strength of schedule, and the better finisher of YDE, Hank, and Ezra will determine who gets the two, three, and four. I can already tell you right now the four would go to uh, Shari Torah, uh, because their strength of schedule, the difference between, as I said, those three teams, as we said, uh, North Shore, DRS, and Ezra, they faced all the same teams with the exception of one team that each of them faced twice. So the strength of schedule comes down to who gets the best record of the one team that they faced twice. For DRS, that was Hank. For North Shore, it was YDE. For Shari Torah, it was Ezra. So let's just take a look at those teams now. You have YDE at 5 and 4. You have Hank at 4 and 5. Those two teams can easily flip. But Ezra at 0 and 8, pretty much out of the equation. So you already know, it does not... The way that it works is if you have one list that helps uh, set up the you know the entirety where there aren't teams still left tied you use whatever list you come up with so Shari Torah would end up in fourth place and you would have if if YDE finished with a better record then North Shore would get the two and and uh, DRS would get the three if Hank finished with a better record nor, uh, DRS would be the two North Shore would get the three as we said Shari Torah would get the four now five and six would uh, would come down to the winner of Hank, Mag, and David. If Hank wins, Hank is the 5, YDE is the 6. If Mag and David wins, they could jump over YDE into 5th with a win over Ezra, because uh, they'd have to play that game. Otherwise, Mag and David, if they lose to Ezra, would be 6. A little convoluted, I know, but you have to... It, 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 if you're looking at it on paper, it gets a lot easier. Taking a look at the West, you have Frisch at 9-0. Frisch has automatically clinched the top spot. They still have one game against Westchester remaining. JEC C, TABC, those two teams, that is going to be the fight for the final buy slot. JEC at 7-1, TABC at 7-2. These two teams will fight for the 2-3 and three seeds. JEC has the advantage with one less loss and a game in hand, as well as the head-to-head tiebreak. So a JEC win 
or a TABC loss will give the higher spots to JEC. JEC faces MTA and Hillel over the next week or so. TABC will face Heschel. TABC's only hope is to defeat Heschel and hope for two JEC slip-ups. Otherwise, JEC will get the two and the and the first round bye. Again, the loser of that battle will be the three. SAR at six and three, automatically the four. They finish... Uh, their season up against Westchester on the first this Thursday night. Behind them, a, a massive race. You have Ramaz, Heschel, Hillel, and MTA. You have four teams fighting for the last two spots. It's uh, Ramaz at five and four, Heschel at four and four, Hillel at four and five, MTA at three and four. Of the four teams fighting for the final two spots, Ramaz is the only team that can control its own destiny. Should it defeat MTA, it'll be the fifth seed, and the sixth seed will come down to whether Heschel can win out. Otherwise, there remains a possibility of a three-way tie that could come down to Get this, folks, a three-way play-in game. Yes, the last time we had a three-way play-in game was for the girls' B division, and that was, I believe, was it three, four years ago. This would be a scenario where you would have to, where the league is going to have to figure out what they would do because there's not much time, and there are so many ways to to really muck this up, uh, especially to play three games where it would have to pretty much be decided in one night. Um, and so the, what they did, I believe, three years ago with the girls B with the girls B game was they had each team play a half against. They they had had a meet up in a neutral location. Had each team play a half against each of the other uh, two teams. And what happened was, at the end of it, they combined the scores, and whichever team gave up the least amount of points, um, that's who would get the. That's who got the the um, the playoff spot. That's who was decided the winner. They would stack it up one, two, three, and it would be determined that way. We'll let you know next week if it's necessary. Uh, the games that'll help control this for Ramaz has MTA on. Uh, the 6th, and Heschel has MTA on the 31st, NTABC on the 4th, Hillel has JEC on the 6th, MTA has Heschel, JEC, and Ramaz. Now, there's another way that this can fall out. If Ramaz loses, there remains a possibility of a four-way tie at 5-5, and but oddly enough, that scenario is actually easier to figure out with MTA taking the 5 seed and Ramaz the 6, as MTA and Ramaz would hold the head-to-head tiebreak over the other two. Uh, Hillel in the wor- in, in, is in the worst situation out of all these teams, as the Heat need to win and then hope MTA beats Heschel, and then both of these teams must lose their remaining games for the Heat squad to make it out right. Taking a look at the week ahead, as we said, Wednesday night, Heschel and MTA doing battle. Thursday night, SAR hosting Westchester. Saturday night, Hank and Mag and David. Sunday, you'll have MTA and JEC, NTABC and Heschel. Monday, we'll have Westchester and Frisch. And next Tuesday night, four games that will end out, we think, that will end out the JV season. MTA Ramaz, DRSYDE, JEC Hillel, Ezra Sharitora. If needed, Mag and David Ezra will probably happen next week as well. With only a few minutes left of the show, we'll do just a quick run around girls uh, basketball, girls varsity A, starting out in the East Central and Ramaz at seven and three. Those two will face this Monday night. Winner will take the division. The loser is in a race with North Shore and possibly Flatbush for the number two spot. You still have Flatbush and Hank. 
uh, fighting for the last, uh, well, fighting for the fourth seed in that division. North Shore, an outside chance of dropping out. Over in the West, two games over the last two weeks, both massive games. SAR continuing their undefeated season uh, with a 40-23 win over Heschel to improve to 10-0, clinching the number one spot. And Frisch upset by Hillel. Hillel 5-5 five five now after the win over uh, Frisch, who drops a 7-4, and four, now into a tie with Mayanote. And with only one game left for Frisch, that being against SAR, Frisch is in huge danger. Mayanote has Heschel, Bruria has SAR, Kushner, and Hillel. Should Frisch lose to SAR, Mayanote can jump them with the win, and Bruria, with two wins, can jump over them as well, dropping Frisch down to potentially the fourth spot. The only hope for Hillel here... Bruria has to lose to Hillel. Hillel must beat Bruria. If they do not, it is over for the Hillel Heat. Matchups on the weekend girls varsity A. Heschel and Maya Note and SAR and Bruria doing battle tonight. Thursday, Hank and Flappish will square off. A Hank loss will eliminate the Hurricanes Saturday night, Kushner and Bruria. Sunday night, North Shore hosts Hillel. Monday, Central and Ramaz in that battle. Next Tuesday night, Hank and North Shore and SAR and Frisch. Three games left after that. Girls Varsity Bean now. Bruria still at the top at 9 and 0. Mag and David 7 and 3. Elon 6 and 3. SKA 6 and 4. Shall have it 4 and 5. Everybody else out of the playoff race this week. Shalamis Bruria will battle tomorrow night. And Thursday night we'll see three teams, uh, three games that will ultimately shake out the division on that night. Shall have it in Bruria. Elon SKA. Mag and David Shalamis. SKA Shalamis. Uh, will be next Sunday. Uh, next Tuesday night, we'll have uh, an interesting uh, analysis because we will know most of the teams, if not all, and we will know whether or not any spots are still left to be decided. Finally, girls JV. Uh, we already know what's going on in the East. We have Hafter at 9-1, and one, North Shore at 7-2. and two. And we've actually figured out the the analysis with Hank and Ramaz. I, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned it. Hank is at three and five. Ramaz at two and seven. Central two and seven. Flappish at two and seven. Hank, even though Ramaz can defeat them and tie up the season series because of the tiebreaker, Hank cannot be caught. So Hank will be the East three seed and will go on to face the loser of the Frisch SAR battle over in the West. Frisch is at 9 and 0, SAR is at 7 and 1 after defeating Westchester this past week. Maya Note at 5 and 4, Maya Note automatically the 3. Frisch and SAR the 1 and 2. Now, while Frisch is at 9 and 0, their only game left is SAR. SAR still has another game uh, between them, and that's tonight against Bruria. Tomorrow night, though, SAR and Frisch. If SAR defeats Bruria tonight, and they go on to beat Frisch tomorrow night, due to strength of schedule, they will overtake the Cougars. So it is in SAR's control now, but Frisch yet to be defeated this year. Well, folks, that is our show. Thank you once again to TABC, Director of Hockey Operations, and Varsity Head Coach Mo Fuchs for coming on again, giving us a little taste of what's going on with the hockey postseason as it comes to a head next week. Well, next week is going to be an amazing show based off of what we discussed this week. Next week should be even more intense. So tune in and uh, cannot wait to talk more as we head down the road towards the 2017-2018 postseason. 
If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Sunday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the court report in our archives on the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the app or on the stream, NachumSiegel.com. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning, just like you did this morning, on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. You can also reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and our new Instagram page. Uh, Once again, I'm Elliot Weiselberg reminding you, it's good to be smart, but better to be wise. See you next week, right here on The Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com